The first ever solar panel cell was created more than 80 years ago. And like many other innovations, it was created by pure accident. Yet since then, those signature rectangular structures can be spotted on the roofs of houses and buildings all over the world. In fact, the number of US solar panel installations is 23 times higher today than in 2014. While this is a clear win for environmental sustainability, it remains near impossible to measure and manage one's clean energy consumption with solar panels alone. So with more than a third of the world's population calling apartment buildings their home, many consumers lack easy access to clean energy altogether. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Steve Hoy, CEO of Inossi, a company working to solve these shortcomings in the renewable energy industry by providing energy traceability tools to deliver clean energy to households and apartment communities alike. Innovation. Resiliency. Discovery. Join Mike Lake president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And of course, I want to welcome all of our guests, whether they're listening or watching uh, this video. Uh, I'd love to, to introduce you all to Steve Hoy. Steve is the CEO of Inossi, a company working to provide widespread access and traceability of renewable energy from solar and wind farms. Now, Steve, this is obviously a big issue, um, but what, what makes you passionate about renewable energy? Uh, look, yeah, the whole, the whole reason we're kind of doing this is because uh, I... Um, I think that we're not doing enough basically to save the planet. Um, I had you know, a long uh, career in the power industry, uh, 35 years or so, um, working with power companies and as a consultant in the industry. In the end, I wanted to do something that's more directly making a difference. And, um, and I think that uh, this idea is, is, uh, is doing it. And I'm kind of frustrated by greenwashing as well. I hear you there. So, I mean, for anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, we're all guilty. We're all consuming our energy. <laughs> um, and very few of us, if if any, really know where that energy is coming from, right? I mean, if you have a solar panels or, or if you're off the grid, maybe. Um, but the rest of us, we're just getting electricity and have no yeah. idea. Exactly. It, it, it's coming at you know, what we call the grid mix. Unless you, well, you could live in Iceland. That's another place, 100% renewable there. There are a few places in the planet that are like that um, where you can be reasonably confident the energy you're buying is uh, is renewable. But for most of us, you're right. Um, your energy is being poured in by the generators into, into the grid and, and we're, we're taking it um, uh, you know, off and we're measuring how much we're using. But what we're not doing is actually um, you know, differentiating um, uh, where we're buying our energy from. Uh, so that's what we can do, and it means that um, we can uh, take action to buy energy from a source that you, you, know, you know to be renewable. That's what we're after. And, and so really what, what we as consumers lack uh, is a simple way of being able to choose. Is that right? I mean, we... Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's just not about about choice, but it's also uh, about you know, your retail energy supplier 
um, uh, giving giving you that choice and and separating. You know, they buy a bunch of energy from different generators, right? So what they need to do is um is say to you, okay, um, I've got all this energy. I'm buying some from a wind farm. I'm buying some from solar. I'm buying some from coal generation, you know, gas generation, whatever it is. And to um to make it clear to customers, you know, um, how much of the energy is coming from each of those, and to give them the choice. So if you want to buy more of the renewable, yeah, we'll do that for you. Right, we'll actually make that, and we'll allocate that energy to you first, and um, and to others who haven't chosen that uh, you know, later. So that is the um, that is the approach we're, we're adopting here, and it means that um, yeah, customers who want to buy the renewable energy, who want that access to renewable sources, can go and do that. That's it. So let me ask you. This might not be a fair question, but you know, if, if I select that I want, you know, renewable energy. Um, What's the what's the chances that a, a supplier can kind of double dip? In other words, they buy some renewable from someone, but they tell a lot of people that, oh yeah, we bought that from, you know, solar and wind, and yet ninety yeah. percent of their actual portfolio is coal or whatever. I'm making that up. Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely right, and and it's um it, it is you know the 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 fundamental challenge of traceability is this you know avoiding you know double counting, and there are schemes in place to try to do it. Um, and we set these things up you know, many years ago, in Australia's case, about 25 years ago, usually of that order, 20 years ago, where there are these certificate schemes, the, uh, which you know, can only be counted once, and, and they're good in that way. But the problem with certificate schemes is they don't settle on the same time period as the energy does. So essentially, we have this, this problem of um, uh, they you can create these certificates to say I've generated this much electricity and then people who buy the certificates are allowed to say that they used your electricity. But because they're settled over an annual period, you can buy a bunch of certificates, let's say from a solar farm, right? Run your operations all night and tell the world that there was solar, right? Which this doesn't pass what we call the pub test in Australia. It's just, it's just, it's not, uh, it's not logical. And of course, it doesn't actually send the right signal into the market either. Uh, what we end up with is you know, too, too many solar investments and people buying those certificates uh, trying to claim their green. But in fact, what we need is resources to be available you know, at 8 p.m. on a winter's evening. That's, that's when we need the, you know, the wind to be blowing and, and to people to be allocated energy from there. So this, um, this what's called 24-7 carbon-free energy idea is we want to get our energy from the source, a renewable source, around the clock. Um, yeah, and not just uh, not just measured over an annual period and and kind of offset um, with these certificates. And so that's um, that's what we're doing. We're making sure that um, you have a you actually have a contract to buy the energy um, from the renewable source, and we're only um, matching that energy if it was actually available at the time. You know, mm -hmm. sun's behind the cloud. No, you didn't get the solar. It's nighttime. No, it wasn't solar, um, or um, or the wind wasn't blowing. Um, then that's not a match. So what we're aiming is to show people what actually is happening out on the grid and if they allocate their energy consumption to particular production it still needs to be clear that the the generation is only there when it's there and um and you need to take action if you want to actually get um your footprint down to actual zero what we call true zero as opposed to net zero then um you need to actually um you know contract with perhaps more than just a solar farm you're going to need to have have other sources and that's what retailers can do for you so with you know you've kind of already said this I, but just to put a very fine point on it why why would you say traceability is so critical to this energy transition yeah i think the the main thing is the the incentives need to be in the right place 
what we need at the moment is resources that fill the gaps. We hear all the time, you know, the intermittency of solar and wind and so forth is, you know, therefore we can't replace our fossil fuel fleets because, you know, these aren't things aren't available all the time. Um, and I would agree, we do need things um, that, that are available all the time and they need to be renewable as well. So what we actually need is a diversity of supply. So if the sun's not shining, I need there to be the wind blowing um, or I need geothermal, I need hydro or I need to storage resource. And so those resources that fill the gaps need to actually be incentivized and people need to know that they need to do something about acquiring energy from those those resources that fill the gaps um, or else uh, the incentive isn't there for the investment to be made in them. So and this is the point where Anasi comes in, right? Can you give us a sense of, how, first of all, how does it work? How does yeah, okay. It's, it's the first thing to get, to get your head into. It's not physics. It's accounting. <laughs> so, um, so um, you know, I'm not going to profess that I can actually track an electron across the grid. In fact, electrons barely move, right? Because especially in an AC circuit, they're just oscillating like this. Um, yeah. there's, there's no actual uh, flow of that that you can track. What you can do is measure the inputs and the outputs and allocate the inputs to the outputs. And that's what our software does. It's called Power Tracer. Um, but what it's really doing is taking metering data. So electricity meters are installed at the generating sites. They're also installed at your place and every home and business um, you know, uh, around the world. And we're taking the measurement that we have in every typically half hour period, so a 30 minute period, how much energy did you use? How much energy did the generator create? Or, uh, or more on the point, how much energy did the generator generate create and how much energy do these thousand customers use um, and then allocate that energy to those customers who've who have a contract to buy it so that's what we're doing and um, and if there's not enough energy to satisfy the demand of those thousand customers then we have algorithms that share that out fairly or, or you know, first come first serve or various other mechanisms that you could apply but the idea is that we're allocating the energy according to a contract um, with those people have who have contracted buy it and that's and of course you buy energy through a retail supplier so so what we do is we install power tracer at the retail supplier we integrate with their billing systems and their metering systems so that they can then you know execute that contract for you so in the end, Power Tracer is really empowering the end consumers, right? Uh, the energy purchaser, um, in more ways than one. They they have a, a bit more understanding uh, of, as to the allocation of of energy to them and and what that mix is. But they also are empowered to demand more of what. You know, renewable, uh, which is certainly yeah, and we're starting, not many people and we're, yeah. are demanding more coal, but <laughs> yeah, no, and we're starting to see it. So, um, so a whole bunch of companies around the world have uh, subscribed to this idea of twenty-four-seven carbon-free energy. So, led by some of the big players um, in the tech sector, so Google, Microsoft, IBM have all declared that they're going to um, get their energy from a renewable source around the clock. Even the U.S. government has declared that this is their goal by sometime in the twenty in the twenty thirties to eliminate fossil fuels from the mix entirely by using this 24-7 traceability. Um, and so, yes, that gives um, buyers uh, the opportunity to do that and, um, and kind of go figure out uh, what they have to do to fill the gaps. Um, so that's where we're going. You start off measuring, I've got a contract with a wind farm, that's great. I might get you 60 or 70% renewable. Um, what have I got to do to get the other 30%? That's what this is about. So if you're a retail supplier, 
listening to you, it, it's it's I, I loved your um, description at the beginning that this is accounting, not physics. Um, yeah. And and of course, all businesses have to you know adhere to generally accepted accounting principles and sure. and, and balance the books and whatnot. So it it seems to me like this is a, a logical no brainer. Um, so my question is, why isn't every energy uh, supplier, retail supplier, already doing this? Well, of course they should be doing it. Um, <laughs> but um, it's actually quite hard, right? We're talking uh, a many to many match of um, of what can be very small amounts of energy. So um, we're talking about you know thousands of generators and their outputs being matched and allocated to the consumption of millions of consumers. Um, that's a very hard algorithm. And so it's, it's what we've built, but it's, it's taken till now to have the smart metering data available, the processing power available to actually you know, do that, that kind of calculation. And, um, and kind of a shift of business model as well, if you like, which has to kind of happen along the way. And, and that, um, that the greater proliferation of renewables and the demand for it is also only just starting to, to appear in the market to make it worthwhile for retailers to do this. And so we're serving them. Um, we're selling our product through to retailers and they in turn create energy products that, um, that consumers can buy. So, I don't know, it, it's my sense that uh, a tool like Power Tracer and, and that the, the empowerment that comes with traceability can really jumpstart, if not, you know, really hit the turbo on the acceleration of the adoption of more renewable energy. Um, what power does the end consumer have to to expect or demand this kind of traceability? Yeah, well, we're seeing people like local governments um, are starting to do things like yeah, write it into their RFPs. I want to know how much of my energy is actually being produced from the source that you're selling it from. Um, so that's that's appearing as the first step, just to do the measurement. Um, then they're starting to say, okay, give me a portfolio of assets. Right, so the, the RFP comes out and says, okay, don't just give me a PPA, if you like, with a wind farm. I need a diversity of supply. And then the last thing that consumers can also do is start shifting their demand to when the renewable resources are actually available. And you know, that, of course, you know, really um, uh, amps it up because um, I can do things like, um, you know, for in Google's case, pre-cool my data center when the wind's blowing overnight and then not have to run the air conditioning through the course of the day. And, and it's being, it's being um, you know, wind powered that way. They're doing things like shifting the uh, computing load um, in one data center on the east coast of America to the west coast of America to follow the sun. Um, so they can always have a renewable source powering their operations. So this is how we can you know, really make a difference. And so we're aiming uh, towards these things. And, and the companies consider a goal of what we call true zero to eliminate fossil fuels from the mix altogether, then, then that is the, the goal that we're all after. Fantastic. Well, I, I have one last question for you, which I, I ask every guest. You know, looking 10, 20, 50 years into the future and assuming that an Aussie is, is being used by every energy retailer out there, what does that mean? What does it mean to the end uh, person, the end community or the world as a whole? I had to do this to you, Mark, but there are two answers. There's the transition. As we still have fossil fuels in the mix, then you know what we're seeing, um, and, and OSI users will will see, our power users will see how much of their energy is coming from our renewables, and they can start eliminating it. But eventually, we are going to eliminate fossil fuels. So if you go out 50 years, I think what's uh, the world actually changes to a point where there's an awful lot of producers of energy, right? I've got 
solar on my roof. I'm pretty sure you do too. Um, and so we have this distribution of, of generation. And in the end, what it is, is going to be a matching on a very large scale, many to many, as I said earlier, of um, where's my energy actually coming from? And I think we can start to have a, a broader community, if you like, uh, of energy and, and a pool that we're all working in. So it's a, a different kind of world in energy. Um, we're all we're all prosumers. You know, our, our car and our homes are actually you know, doing this for us. And I think that's, um, that's the world that we have to head towards. And and, and PowerTrace is positioned to do that by facilitating not just the match of the energy, but the pricing of it and trading of it. Well, I started off by saying how, in fairness, we're all part of the problem. Uh, but with, with this, we can all be part of the solution, or at least know that we're part of the solution. Um, exactly. And so I, I'm really I'm grateful for the work that you do. I, I mean, this is really powerful. And I do hope that our listeners and viewers have really gotten a sense of just how um, empowering this this type of uh, technology, this tool can be for anybody. Um, but I really want to thank you for taking the time to join us on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. It's been my pleasure, Michael. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.